Hello, welcome to the Solo Thinker podcast. Uh, this is a project that I started in late 2020 as a series of live stream sessions, uh, which was initially focused on books. Uh, but from there on, I felt that I can actually talk about a variety of topics. This episode is the first and I talk with Raj, a great friend and a big time reader. We talk about books and how they have changed over time. I hope you enjoy the episode. So I haven't, I wasn't able to prepare any material for it. Just giving you a heads up. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't see any material preparation whatsoever, unless it's the GMAT that you are trying to you know, <laughs> appear for in this live stream. I, I see, I, I, I see. All right. So yeah, the live stream is on. All right. All right, we're good to go. I, I think we're live now. And if something gets cut off, I'll get to know later, but that's all right. This is the first time. So the, first of all, the material is not something that you need to prepare because, because you know, <laughs> we're talking about books. Books are the material. Yeah, and so, I could go on and on about books. Yeah. So I I... I don't need material to, you know, keep talking. I need material to stop talking in this case. Well, let's see. Let's see how exhausted you get after this screen. So, so from the last time that I remember, because I, I saw you the last time I met you outside of work in Ahmedabad was at a book sale. Right. Yeah. So you were with your dad. And I saw a couple of huge boxes being heavy lifted. Yes. Right. And they, I, I mean, I was thinking that uh, Raj is completely justifying his gym work. So I was, I was more than happy about that. But then I saw a couple of big boxes being lifted. And I saw that I, I, I felt that both you and your dad had this uh, inclination towards historical fiction or war drama. Yes. Right. So that is something that is something which I have also been, you know, trying to get my hold of. And I think the last year when I went to the same book sale, I purchased a couple of Ken Follett novels. And I was told that they're very good. Right. So now, now books are changing, right? We are seeing a huge transition in books. But then at the same time, the war drama and the historical fiction aspect is something that has the same essence. You, you usually have the same stories. For example, the world wars, the civil war. If you talk about India, then we have had several wars with maybe uh, China. We had the formation of Bangladesh. We had the Kargil war. So these things remain the same. So do you, in your recent experience, do you think that the same story has been narrated in a different, in an entirely different way? And maybe the perspective on that front is changing from the authors who are writing them. Um, in my opinion, it depends completely on the authors, on um, the storyline. Hmm. So, um, for example, if you've read Ken Follett's books, uh, um, let me ask you, what what books did you read? So I haven't I haven't even touched that book actually. Oh. I've already I've already I've uh, like I think it was Fall of Giants. Yeah, it was Fall of Giants. Yeah. So okay. that was a book that was not recommended to me by anyone. But then I thought that I see a Ken Follett book and I see that it's thick and it's all about war drama. So let's get it. So Fall of Giants was uh, the most you know, well-known book by yeah. Ken Follett. And that was the first book that I read by this author. And I thought, oh, um, this is so good. Let me read one more. And then I went ahead and I read Eye of the Needle. So I went in expecting that, okay, it's going to be, you know, the same storyline. It's going to be um, pretty much the same, but uh, it was completely different. And in a way, I was pretty stoked seeing that although the writing styles were same, um, the storylines were completely different and they touched on different aspects of the human psyche. For example, in the eye of the needle, 
shows you the perspective of um okay spoiler alert it um i'm not going to tell you like the whole thing but it it shows you like um what went on behind the scenes during the world wars we know about you know secret agents and stuff like that so it was more of a thriller than a book that dealt with um political sciences like in fall of the giants in fall of the giants that's what it pretty much was uh, it wasn't about secret agents or it wasn't about you know um clandestine operations it was more about the political factors that went in um discussing the world wars so it completely changed the perspective uh, just because of the storyline apart from this um this is a histor- like this is a historical fiction uh, these two books i can also take the example of um robert ludlum who I'm also a fan of and so is my dad. Yeah. And you've seen the Bourne series and yeah. the Bourne series is you know we we have we've had Matt Damon movies on mm-hmm. this series and yeah. it's all about you know like secret projects and these uh, super highly trained operatives. Yeah. But if you were to read other um, Robert Ludlum books uh, they would have a different storyline but they would be you know um, you might see that there are similar aspects but that's because of you know um, his writing style and humans always they follow the same pattern irrespective of um, you know whether you are um, writing a different story so you will see uh, similar elements in his other books but they might have completely different storylines right uh, so i what you mentioned about the authors and their writing style that is something that i relate to with the sherlock holmes series so if you if you talk about uh, arthur conan doyle when he wrote his first few books and eventually it turned out to be nine books which had five i think four novels and five uh, books of short stories mm-hmm. the style was more or less the same but yeah. for him it was easier to generate material because not only was he focusing on uh, the setting that was the uh, late 1800s and the early 1900s but he was also focusing on the characters so sherlock holmes being the central character he could always bring out one or the other new aspect to it right so uh, i think that is something with where from where he got the material to work with right like you mentioned in uh, the books by ken follett i what i understand is that he's trying to explore books in a way where in one of the books he might explore the political aspect of that time in the other book he might explore the uh, socio economic aspect in some other book he might expect uh, he might uh, delve into the war or the military aspect so he can pick up several he can pick up different uh, key points that basically make a store a timeline so he can use them and create different materials exactly but, but then at the same time there is only so much to what he can write about right he can pick up different points in history and whatever the recorded history is i am pretty sure that he would be well uh, learned about it so do you do you feel that he has also tried to uh, focus his books on characters and character developments and is he trying to base his books on character developments um, more than the storylines now is he trying to do that in the recent novels and is it something that he did not do before um i would say that you are right that he is confined by the um historical events that took place during the right. timeline in which he writes and right um so i was reading this article about um can fall it the other day and he was talking about how um he pretty much um researches every book that he writes and tries mm-hmm. to stay um consistent with the actual timeline 
of the events that went on and um obviously you, we we already know that it's historical fiction but um it just gives you this um so one aspect of it is uh that it's you know like there's uh, two different kinds of fictions there's one called it's a, it's a, it's like a world building fiction and then right. the other part is like um it's the fiction which could happen mm-hmm. um in the real world so yeah it's this one is pretty much like what could happen in the real world it's the mm-hmm. world building fiction like game of thrones or um, right. you could pick the example of the um lot of the rank series series right and um in this um so there is a chance that he might um base his stories on the uh, personality development aspect of the characters but then he also needs to make sure that he stays true to the events that took place right and um so just to you know um make the readers more um relatable to the right. characters he might um give them you know like the personality development aspect like right you, you might see a villain who goes from being this cold hearted uh person to someone who the reader actually relates to right uh, based on his history or mm-hmm. uh, maybe based on the uh, growth of the story that progresses so um maybe something happens to him and he changes his mind so um these are the things that um authors would usually um use to um encapsulate like the readers um perspective and like their attention um during the story so that is my um thinking in this aspect so it's more of a mixed bag so he yeah. makes sure he he makes sure that uh, the characters are developed but then he does not emphasize on them so what what clicks for him perhaps is the fact that he knows that he has a certain number of characters who he is going to play around with and he uh, along, around them he is also going to build a world as you mentioned yeah. while keeping the events as uh, true to what the history was as possible which is a very which i feel is a very complicated uh, way to go about it because you really you really have to find the corners you really have to find the pockets where you can actually add new elements in history exactly exactly and i feel that that's what that's what makes him famous that he knows where to find those pockets so now uh apart from apart from historical fiction and war drama are there any any other genres that you like to read and i mean something that you have been reading for a long time anything that you pick up if you don't pick up historical fiction yeah um definitely so i like i love um sci-fi yeah and i also like um comedies so you know that i'm a big fan of douglas adams right yeah yeah which he combined yeah. both of those and yeah. i absolutely love his books yeah yeah um apart from this i also tend to read um thrillers yeah um i have read um so there are also books that um are highly recommended by people um there's um so i have a list of books that i got from forums and from um, places where people usually you know um yeah. put up their recommendations and i have this list of books which i just go through um yeah. whenever you know i feel like okay i need to start a new book and then i would just go to the list and then pick one at random douglas adams is more of a satirical writer than a sci-fi writer is what i is what i feel and he has this, that is more of a satire that's true yeah because though he has the setting built up 
he still has the what you may say liberty to change anything at will just to yeah. meet the just to meet the satire just to yeah. put his point across it's, it's like the one punch man of books right exactly exactly well one punch and it's it's the one punch man of books but on 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 top of that it's also the fact that you really cannot get bored with one yeah. with one punch man it is usually the one punch that matters but yeah. with with the books with the books it's not like you know it's going to be the same formula that the guy is going to step in be hit by a few things and you know still un- stand there and scathed and then you know just punch someone and end it all so that's not going to going to happen over here it's going to be twists and turns but yes and uh, so have you found anything related to that in the modern day are you are you seeing some someone or something coming up which might you know bring back that satire i know for i know for a fact that there are a few comedians now who has started writing their own material in the form of books so they feel that maybe they can convey their story in a in a humorous way and you know get that uh, appeal and apparently when you have a lockdown you really have so many sources to earn <laughs> so with the comedians it's understandable but then anything that you might have come across uh recently or something that you might have found in the past couple of years um do you mean in terms of books in terms of in terms of books in terms of satirical fiction in terms of sci-fi something that is um, absolutely outside i haven't been able to find a lot of books right um in the in the same league as um the yeah. hitchhiker's guide Douglas to the adams books yeah, yeah. the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy yeah. and it somewhat bums me out because um so this was the first book that i picked mm. after a long time so this um so between 2012 and 2014 maybe for a couple of years i hadn't read a single book ah and i on a whim someone told me that you should really read this book uh, the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy and i read it and that that was the first time that i read that genre yeah. for the first time yeah and um i really tried looking for books that were similar but um for some reason i never could you know um get into yeah um those kinds of books i i'm still looking for recommendations um but yeah not really um if if you're talking about sci-fi um i've read isaac asimov's books yeah the irobot series is yeah. um super amazing um there was also a book called anathema mm-hmm. i i've forgotten the author i read it a long time ago but um that's also sci-fi um yeah i i i can't remember more off of the top of my head you know i feel so in the past uh, i think in the past 3 years i had the opportunity to read uh, quite a few sci-fi books and what i what i found was that sci-fi is kind of losing its charm to cheap thrills it is it's the world building aspect that you maybe find in historical fiction is the same that applies over here Yeah. because and they have more flexibility to do it over here as well they do not really have to remain true to the facts but yet it it becomes more of an adventure uh, more often than not than it being something which you know appeals to the i would i would not say intellectual because everyone is but to the scientific to the scientific community yeah so, of course yeah yeah so to the scientifically inclined um yeah. we know that like a lot of sci-fi books um like a few hundred years ago if you would if you were to tell me that i'd have a brick in my hand which had a screen and i could talk to someone yeah. on the other side of the world yeah i would probably laugh and mm-hmm. if they were to show me proof i would say oh that's magic that's not yeah. Yeah, that's why um, that, that's science. why back to the future was so successful and yeah, it's still exactly. it, all the references are there because 
they had the creativity to think about the future in such a way that we have some current technology and we can use it to actually build something like that exactly and and that's the aspect that you know um it's on one hand it's creative but on the other hand um you really have to you know look at the human civilization and right. infer that this is the technology that's going to grow right um in the future so that's that's one part that i love about sci-fi um right. for the scientifically inclined right um, they know that oh this could this could be in the future that there, there is a probability although it might be minute yeah it could yeah right now they i feel that they have more moved like they are trying to diversify into other genres for example one of the genres that is being heavily what you may say appreciated and i would say a lot of people are basically building their book piles on the basis of that is called young adult and sur- surprisingly young adult is not something that only young adults read which is kind of kind of confusing because so now young adult again has the same thing it's a world building activity it's totally fantasy but then i see elements of sci-fi over there and people like that a lot over there but when you yeah. when you want to write a pure sci-fi book people don't want to maybe invest their time or maybe uh, it's just that this would become too complicated for people yeah and sometimes and sometimes you realize that there are certain books which are actually aligning with the uh, true sci-fi mentality but they're not read till the movies are made that's true so what's what's missing i sometimes try to figure that out what's missing what is the re- relationship uh, that was there in the past but now it's not there in the future now it's not there right now why do we see so less books is something even i wonder about that why is that happening the same here and i i also wanted to talk to you about um so it kept popping up in my mind yeah um a few years ago like fantasy fiction was me like yeah 20 years ago nobody cared about fantasy fictions and then yeah. you suddenly started to see um multiple series being built on yeah. um fantasy fictions um series yeah. as in movie series yeah um of course LOTR was one of those um three the trilogy and then um the hobbit series we also have the um harry potter series yeah and then we have the game of thrones series um we've got so many um you also got the uh, the one with katniss i keep forgetting <laughs> the name hunger games the hunger games the the hunger games series yeah. i haven't read that yet yeah and um you you would think that oh um series like these they they would have always been like super famous and probably a lot of people read them but you would be surprised to know that not a lot of people do and yeah. only in the recent years have people started actually reading those so i used to read um these kinds of um fantasy fiction series for a long time and um so in the last couple of years so i'm still reading a fantasy fiction series called uh the lightbringer series yeah and it's it's you could say it's a run of the mill fantasy fiction although um it's it's like a guilty pleasure and you yeah. know you you know that it's a good book but unless and until you know that a movie gets made or a series gets made on the book yeah. nobody nobody else is going to read it it's probably right. just like I know 10,000 50,000 I'm not even sure of how many yeah. people are reading the series but that's yeah. how it is there are so many um fantasy fictions now and it's so hard to choose from them there's there's another there's another problem that arises with any kind of fantasy fiction book is the problem of the best seller tag it's 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 very easy to put that tag on books these days and with quality fantasy fiction you really need to go through a lot of books to find something that is actually worth reading i agree 
so people just don't want to go through that pain at all that's true and they don't end up reading a lot of them and game of thrones did kick things off pretty well especially when the series was made when the first season came out it was i would say that the first couple of years people were more interested like let's let's read the books let's get let's get ahead of uh, the tv series yeah. but then they realized that it's an 800 page book yeah and then they were like all right this oh, is no. <laughs> yeah this is no for someone who has not read a 300 page book i mean if you think about the quantity of pages if if you don't think about the number of pages only quantifying it 800 pages is overwhelming to say the least mm, that's true and then they were like fine it's it's all right we'll we'll go ahead with the we'll go ahead with the movies or the tv series yeah. and now everyone is like see the movie is going to come out anyway yeah. so if it's a good book we are anyway going to see it in the form of a movie so why yeah. why really work on it maybe maybe that is also the case with sci-fi you really you really do not see i mean these days i think the opposite thing is happening for example if you think about the star wars franchise so now the star wars franchise has started doing this for a while that they started publishing books that were related to the main story in the uh, movies and the books are ge- getting sold way more than an actual original science fiction book would yeah just because people want to get some more out of it some more out of the story something that may they might have missed out on and uh, a few years ago jk rowling did the same thing but she did it with a play so so she decided that i'll write a play which is going to be shown to people and then when she released the script it was poorly received no one considers it a canon so so i mean so i mean it's a very it's a very very uh difficult thing for writers these days how you yeah. really want to get into these genres yeah also yeah you're saying something. um although yeah although jk rowling is known to you know yeah um be one of those people who changes things um yeah. later just to you know create controversy yeah um so i wouldn't think too much about that yeah. although um you know that in so in um the uh, in the case of um, lord of the rings and the hobbit those weren't yeah. the only books that um tolkien wrote tolkien wrote he also wrote similar um books in the same world so considering um the same um plays um similar characters and uh, so for example one of those is the selmarillion which yes. is kind of like the bible for the lotr books it yeah. explains you all of the events mm-hmm. um so um i'm i'm sure that a lot of people who watched the lotr series don't know about the book itself the yeah. selmarillion yeah. i was fortunate enough to um be sent a copy of the book by um uh reddit secret santa and ah. thanks to him he sent me three different books and all of those were um pretty amazing so um big shout out to him i don't know yeah. who he was <laughs> um but yeah he got me into reading the selmarillion and um i realized that um people who were missing out on reading this book were missing out on the whole LOTR series as well yeah. because there's a lot that relates to uh, the book um what do you think about controversies that a few books create um for example uh, let me pick the example of um um the his his dark materials by philip pullman so um this book deals with um um not exactly religious but it does have a few religious connotations and was poorly received around um these religious circles yeah and his book is banned in a few places yeah um what do you think about 
um, there's so when the book came out, it did get banned. However, um, last year, um, yeah. they they uh, they did create a series um, uh-huh. on the book based on the book yeah. with some pretty big A-list actors like James McAvoy and yeah. um, a few others. So, what's your opinion about the changes, like? from the past on how it was so poorly received and now there's a whole series on it. What I'd say is that people are too short-minded to realize the difference between an opinion and a fact. What they feel is that the written word is a fact, whereas it just might be the opinion of the author, what he is trying to, what he feels, what he or she feels. So sometimes I feel that authors do not just write books merely to merely to appeal to the audience but sometimes they write materials just because they want some satisfaction out of it right i mean i understand that writing is a business at the end of the day it is a business and people need to make money to write more but then at the same time to a person who is a writer i feel writing is something that is that might be closer to a person in terms of passion than any other, uh, than any other, uh, what you may say, academic field would be. Yeah. For example, engineers tend to feel dispassionate about their field after a, after a significant amount of time. They start to feel that this is not the only thing that I want to do. With a writer, with an artist, for for that matter, they usually want to remain related to it because they like doing it. And and when they like doing it, they really would want to put something out there that they feel uh, strongly about. Yeah. So it's not it's not necessary that uh, a person buys such kind of a book or should read such kind of a book. The controversies happen because of the fame of a person uh, that that a person has said something. And since that person is very famous, he is bound to get more followers. Yeah. Now, there are two aspects to it. The first aspect would be the author specifying that whatever has been exp- uh, expressed in the book is purely his opinion and it is unrelated to this is this is more like a disclaimer that you have in tv shows yeah that these these are not facts in fact religion in in general can never be a fact because different people interpret different texts in different ways so if a person is interpreting something like that and putting it out in the form of a book, it is obvious that it's an, an opinion. Yeah. Now, when a TV series is made on that, people understand that it's an opinion. Yeah. So there's a, there's a what you may say, there's a very, very strong uh, disconnect between what what people find in art forms, what the com- the commonality in art forms. For example, when the paintings are made, I mean, if you if you think about some of the artworks which are controversial, they are still appreciated because of the artwork's effort, the effort that was put in, in the artwork, not the final artwork that came out. Yeah. Right. So why not use the same ideology in books? Yeah. Why not why not have the same ideology in books? That that's an artwork. You have to appreciate the effort. You have to appreciate maybe the writing, the storyline, maybe the characters, the twists and turns, the suspense, let's say. Why not appreciate those things instead of thinking that, you know, this is polarizing? I I completely agree to that. Yeah. Um, you can look beyond the um, part where, you know, it, it is offensive to you. Yeah. Or um, you feel like the author's opinion is wrong, or maybe that you don't like the author, or what they or what their stances on um, political yeah. issues or religious issues. Right. Right. And if you look beyond these things, you just might find a story that is interesting and it it holds the attention of the reader and. Yeah you love it so much that you come to like the book not for um, the fact that it it um, deals with something that you don't want it to deal with but um, the fact that it's a good storyline and uh, it has good characters that um, appeal to you or do 
um, the things around you. And I think that that's what makes a good book. Um, it, it pretty much, um, you know, there's no right or wrong. It, it, it appeals to the audience irrespective of what, you know, what they would think or what their opinion is, um, give, given the fact that the reader goes beyond, you know, their first barrier of, oh, this is offensive. Yeah. You know, there are several books written on rape. It's rather, it's rather baffling that books on religion face such scrutiny. And yet the, to- the things that we see out around there, they're just not, they're just not uh, taken care of. There are certain, I mean, there are books written on black lives. So now black lives is an issue that came up in the US and maybe in the West in general, very strongly. And yeah. people actually started picking up books on black lives. Yeah. Now those books are also opinions of what yeah. people have experienced. That's and true. those experiences might be true. But now, those books were not picked up until something actually related to it happened out there in the yeah. real world. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's surprising that people are not curious enough to think that some things might be thought of in different ways and have different consequences. Yeah. So, and I would say that is probably the limit of the human mind. If people are into reading more and more books, I would say that that automatically should make them immune to the offensiveness that these books might entail. Yeah, Um, of course. Um, So one of the best ways to look at this is that um, when you read a book, you're um, you're essentially um, watching a movie from the perspective of the author, yes. and um, you know the the way that the author wanted you to see it. And it's not it's unlike anything else. Um, I, I read this stupid quote somewhere that reading books is just hallucinating, looking at dead mm-hmm. trees, mm-hmm. and it it holds true somewhere. Um, it's for some some people who have a really short attention span it's not um easy to you know read books but um if you do get into the habit uh, you you can focus more and more and more and more and ultimately you become this sort of a bookworm that um grabs a book whenever they're free and um, it helps you broaden your horizons, really, um, right. looking at things from the author's perspective. The more authors that you pick up, the more perspectives that you get, the more genres that you pick up, the more genres you read. Um, not just is it, uh, uh, you know, broadening of your um, vocabulary and like not just um, literature, but also um, your thought processes your horizons, uh, you learn about different cultures, um, you you learn about different times. Uh, movies yeah. just came in the last hundred years or so, but books have been for a long time. And um, looking at religious books, you know that a book can change the whole world. So yeah. um, it's, it's definitely um, worth it to um, get into this, this hobby. Sometimes sometimes I feel that the authors also need to be active in not uh, hiding away from their controversial material, but rather coming up with some, uh, I would not say justification, but some motivation behind why they wrote what they wrote. Because, so there's this book called The 12 Rules for Life. Now, since you're in Canada, you might be aware that Jordan Peterson is a very big deal over there. So yeah, he, yes. he, he teaches in the University of Toronto and he yeah. is still a professor over there. Yeah. And when he actually came out with that book, a lot of people had they had apprehensions about it just because he was molding the male and the female gender 
in a particular way purely based on his psychological experience but then he actually went on tour and after hours and hours of grilling reporters and journalists and tv show hosts what people realize is that he has a point so he was not justifying anything unless he was called upon and yet he had the motivation behind what he why he wrote what he wrote he knew that this is something that i have observed in let's say a thousand patients of mine yeah so sometimes that also puts things into perspective quickly and uh, efficiently yeah so maybe the when the author is going into such kind of a book he might be pre- he might he should be prepared for uh, what he has to do next for beyond sure. that yeah for for sure um i mean challenging ideologies and yes um traditions has been you know a part of the um human progress for a long time um, we all know about the dark ages we all know about um things in the past and how they were right um so unless and until um those forebearers um challenged those ideologies we wouldn't have made the scientific progress that we have made um in the last 2000 years or so and um not continuing to challenge these ideologies is pretty much um having those people given their life for nothing um and that is pretty sad so uh, the best way is to keep challenging ideologies that's that's the basic um fundamental for scientific progress and cultural progress and um any progress in fact it's 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 like having a bunch of flat earthers uh you know people used to think that the earth is flat and they continue to believe so maybe what 4000 years into you know human conscience i mean everyone has everyone has seen the images everyone has seen how a solar or a lunar eclipse occurs why it happens the way it happens and yet people want to stick around to the same old to the same old deal that you know that's what it was and that's what it is and if you actually think about it uh in the last 20 years in the last two decades the amount of critique the amount of critique may be due to a few events here and there for example we had the uh twin tower blasts the twin tower uh, plane crashes in 2001 uh that was also a point of controversy to a certain extent so from that point onward the challenging of ideas is just ever continuing things everyone is starting to question and then we had i don't know if you have seen the movie snowden i haven't but yeah. i um the recent articles they yeah. just came out yeah he was apparently right all along so yes uh you should also read the book called the permanent record which is his book which he published i think it came out last year and okay. yeah and from what from what i understood from the movie and from what he gen- from what he generally mentions mm-hmm. it was just too big a toll it was just too big a toll for uh the authorities yeah. to you know have it all revealed so there were just way too many questions for anyone to process yeah so and that's also something there's also something that now we have started doing on a frequent basis after the elections after the us elections after the elections in india and for sure yeah for and sure yet, brother and people are okay to do that but not with yeah. books <laughs> exactly exactly um i think we've stayed off of the topic for quite a bit yeah. now yeah 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 so what what are you currently what are you currently reading what's on your bookshelf um, these days currently oh a couple of books um i've been 
reading a couple of self-development books yeah um these past couple of days there's also i did mention about the um lightbringer series that i've been yeah. reading yeah um there's also um um a book called um the the moonstone which mm-hmm. is um one of the first detective books that was written um this uh-huh. was probably yeah. the 1900s and yeah. it's about the um it's a bit about the british empire in india mm-hmm. and also a bit about uh, it's also a thriller so mm-hmm. that it's pretty good if you if you if you like the sherlock holmes series then yeah. you're probably going to love this book so this I was like the precursor it. to all of those books yeah um it wasn't by arthur conan doyle but yeah. um this was one of those first books to come um there's also i've been reading like so the lightbringer series is a uh, fantasy fiction yeah. and um i would say it's on par with um game of thrones and it's up yeah. there uh, although the last couple of big books did get a bit um you know hodgepodge but <laughs> um the series itself is pretty good um the character developments of a couple of characters is has been amazing and i i'm reading the last book right now so yeah. um pretty stoked about that yeah i'm also reading a couple of self development books like i said earlier so one of them is called deep work by um cal newport, cal newport. Yeah. yeah and the other one is atomic habits by um, james, james clear, clear. Yeah. yeah so i've been reading all of these books uh you know that i like to juggle books i have spoken to you yeah. about this before yeah I'm, i'm i'm often... curious i'm curious though how do you because because this is something which is very i would say common these days and i think the the people making the most money out of books is the self development guys so how yeah. do you how do you really uh, select books uh, what is going to help you is definitely one thing but for sure. how how do you how do you really select what is worth your reading how what do you what's your criteria um it it depends on a lot of factors to be honest so for example uh, when i talk about deep work by cal newport um he had this um blog um way back in 2011 2012 um when i was still um doing my bachelor's yeah my undergrad and um his um blog was pretty helpful to me um about for study habits and how to you know study essentially not just about what to study but how to do it and when he came out with the book i was like oh um wait i i know that name and i looked it up and i realized oh it's cal newport i i've yeah. read his blog before so that was the main factor that got me into um getting this book yeah and then um talking about james clear um i've heard so many reviews about this book um from different um people so i've had reviews from um blogs i've had reviews from um youtube self development guides like uh, people like matt diavella um yeah. like the minimalists um and um so many people so that was one of the factors that i consider um also um factors like what exactly i am looking into developing and um i've been one of those people who's a self proclaimed self development junkie yeah and i often have a lot of these books um sometimes i do read them sometimes i'm like eh. yeah i start a book and then i'm like oh no yeah. uh, like i've 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 read this before it doesn't yeah. matter yeah. so there have been times that i often do get disappointed um with books um although the only way that i do know if i'm going to like it or not is by reading it yeah. um 
so yeah, th there's a lot of factors that go into um, choosing a book. There are so many self-development self books now though. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I sometimes I feel they should probably write a book about choosing the right self-development book because yeah. you know, I I'm also into this bad habit of collecting the books and not reading them. Yeah. That's and you see the book, you see that it's quite motivating. Then you go through the first few pages and then you're like, no. Yeah. That's not that's not for me. Yeah. And all of these self-development books, they start with the sentence, oh, we're not like the other self-development books. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. the most that's the most um, you know, like the run-of-the-mill yeah. run ironic statement yeah. that all of these books make, oh, we're not like the other books. Okay, but the other 10 books say the same thing. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know who I'm to trust. It's, um, there, there are certain books which just start with a big claim that once you are done reading this book, you will be able to do this. You'll be able to transform your life. You'll be able to manage your finances as efficiently as Warren Buffett. And I'm like, please. <laughs> yeah. If, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, that's there. And I sincerely, I sincerely hope that uh, the self-development guys figure it out. Yeah, for sure. What do they want to convey? For sure. Because I don't want it to end up the same way as young adult is and has ended up. That's it's, true. That's there's too many there's too many works written out there and not a lot of readership. Yeah. yeah. For sure. All right. So I think it's good for today. Yeah. Um I I know that you would like to talk more, but then I feel that it's it's getting late where you are. <laughs> well, it's not it's not getting late as such, but the laptop's battery is also something which I need to take care of. Yeah. And sometimes it runs for the, for the entire day. So yeah. But in any case, but in any case, it was really nice talking to you in a I, semi likewise. Yeah. In a semi-formal environment, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And it would be obviously it's always great to connect off YouTube. So thank you for being the first guest when when actually no one thought about this thing could happen. You actually said that let's let's do this. Yeah, uh, pleasure. Yeah. All right. Okay then. Bye. All right. Bye. Well. Yeah. Bye.